Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I've got Natalie with me again. We love to have these conversations, and Natalie's a really important member on our team, and sometimes it's just fun to have a conversation format. And Natalie, you work with a lot of parents. You're part of the role-playing playground. You hear their voices and their questions and are interacting with them every single week. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. So today I thought we'd really talk about um, um, the continuum between love and fear. And I, I often talk about, you know, that we really, human beings really only have two emotions, love and fear, but at some point they really do blend together and it can get really confusing. And we don't always know in our bodies when it's fear. So right. what do you parents say about that? What are they? Yes. What are they so here's the thing that I find a lot of what happens with a lot of parents is that they think they are parenting from love. But when they dig through the layers, they are actually parenting from fear. And it's sometimes hard to distinguish yeah. that because those parents had grown up in a paradigm of fear-based parenting. And that it did, right? Many right. of us. Yes. And that was like how their parents expressed um, love to them was through fear, right? Because, you know, now we know better, we do better. But yeah. how do we do better if we don't know how to distinguish yeah, this really? is a, this is an important conversation. It it really makes me think of when parents say things like, "Don't you know I love you? Don't you know how much I love you? I'm doing this because I love you." But that doesn't feel like right. love, right? Or or it can also sort of um, bleed over into anger too. I'm doing this because I love you. Don't you know that I love you, right? Um, and it feels like it's coming from a place of love because we're trying to protect our children. We're trying to keep them safe. We're trying to teach them something important that they can use in their life. But the overall feeling of that, the vibration of that to the person on the receiving end, that doesn't feel like love. No. And, you, and I'm sure if the parent who, when they are saying that, and I've been there too, I've, I've thought those thoughts, and this is part of the neutrality okay. going, yeah, yeah, going back into being, this is key to neutrality is understanding where, where, what exactly is underneath what you're saying. And yes, we say because we love our, our children, we want to have them be safe and blah, blah, blah. But underneath that, if you have you have to dig, what yep. are you afraid of? So is there like a question a parent can kind of ask? Could they just ask themselves, um, is there a fear here? I don't know. Like, is that that good question? And and really it's interesting because um what I'm realizing is that feelings are really how can I word this? Our brain and our body is like an instrument. Like think about it like a guitar or a violin or a flute, like finding the right note is and, and understanding how your body is speaking to you is really important. And understanding that feelings are something we can actually not just control, but use for information. So the feeling is usually in your gut and fear will feel, um, I mean, we all know what it feels like. It's often in our gut. Sometimes it's in our chest. Sometimes it's in our throat. throat yeah. um, it's, and when we think about it, it's very easy to feel how um, fear feels in our body. And we, when we think about love, there's an ease. 
-hmm. there's a warmth there's it's 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 remarkable and it's, we all know what it feels like. So it's funny that in a, in a heated moment, we can lose that feeling, but it really means sort of folding in and turning in towards your old, own body. Am I tense? Am I clenching my fists? Is my jaw tight? Is my chest feeling you know, pressure? Is, do I have that thinking hollow feeling in my stomach? And if I am talking to my child or anyone in this state, that's coming from a place of fear and the messaging the true messaging which is don't you know i love you isn't going to be heard now it gets lost it's okay. lost in translation because how it lands on the other end is completely it, at best it's fear but uh, it could also be oh she's a horrible mom or like she doesn't care about me yeah exactly like all yeah. the things you don't yeah. our parents rather yeah, so it's it's important for us to kind of to definitely tune in so that we see where are we authentically truly coming from. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny how and this is something I we you and I talk about this a lot. I think this is something so important to teach our children. If they can learn, oh, my feelings and my body and my brain is like an instrument and I can learn to change the notes and I can recognize notes and I can um I have more of a sense of how to control my own brain. That is such a gift in the world. But in order to teach that to our children, we have to be able to do it. And in order to be able to do it, we've got to figure it out ourselves. So the first thing that's really important to understand is that people don't really remember what you say. They remember how you make them feel. So you might have the best words, the best point. Like you might be so unbelievably right, but yeah. it's coming off as fear-based or it's coming off as anger. And then the person doesn't care what you say. You know, they, they, you lost them at, let me tell you how it is. And now after that, they don't, they're not listening anymore. Right. Yeah. So that, that thing is really important. And that's really important. And also the resonance is really important. And that this takes practice. This is not easy to do. No. And this is why we have the role-playing yeah. Um, sessions right because then people can actually come and role play what this is like now often parents come and they're like what exactly do I say so to your point the first your first point it's how you make them feel so if you are uh, truly present in the moment because again this goes back to neutrality if you are truly present in the moment and you're not thinking about oh my gosh my kid is this oh my gosh they're never going to learn oh my gosh I always have to repeat myself oh my god um, yeah. if all that noise is happening yeah. Yeah. then of course you're going to come from fear and to your point you're going to feel it somewhere in your body so if you can and again parents are coming what do we say to our kids well if worry less about what you're saying about instead worry more about how you are being yeah. in the moment. Yes. That's really, really important. And so there's a couple of things I'm, I'm, I, I think will be helpful for parents. Cause you asked, how do you know when you're coming from fear? Hmm. Here's the thing if, and this is true with anger too. If it feels great coming out of your mouth, if it feels absolutely right, like you have to stop this and don't you understand if you do that, this is going to happen. And what, what do you mean? It actually feels like where you want to go and there's no resistance. Right probably not great, right? <laughs> Especially anger. If you're angry and it feels great coming out of your mouth, it's probably not a great thing to be saying. It should feel restrained. It should feel analyzed. It, it should feel inhibited and pushed down. You should feel your brain going, mm, 
okay, you know what? I really know how I'm feeling in my body, but I have to attune to my husband or my child or my sibling or whoever it is. That's how you know your frontal lobe is on because you can feel it mitigating. Yes, and this is why it, 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 parenting can be so quote unquote hard because it's such a conscious effort to be aware of what is happening in your body and what you want to kind of say in that moment, what you yeah. think is going to feel good, because trust me, then it won't. It, even if it felt good in that moment after you're, and you always say this, you're a dish rag on the floor, you feel yep. guilty, shameful afterwards. You're so it's later. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it is work, quote unquote, because you do have to make a very conscious effort to not again, don't worry about what exactly you're saying, but how you're being in that moment with your child. And are and, you tuning yeah, into Who that? are you in that moment? Yeah, yes. That's really important. Um, and listen, you, you, the, what I love about the connected parenting model, of course, you're going to blow it. Of course, you're going to yell sometimes, of course. And then you can go back and you can always, always, always repair. And what I think is so important about this too, outside of parenting is if you can get good at this with your kids, like nobody's going to trigger you more than your kid, maybe your husband, no, probably your kids, right? <laughs> no, because you're so wrapped up in them in a, in a good way, obviously, but you're putting your soul into them and, and your hopes into them. And you have such responsibility for them. So nobody can trigger you like your kid. If you can figure out how to stay relatively level-headed, how to, how to be standing in that canoe and not tip over either way, if you can do it with your kid, you can do it with anyone. So it really is something, if you can master this, it will be such a gift to you in every single aspect of your life. And on top of that, you're going to raise a great kid. You're going to have a kid who feels heard, who feels seen, who feels understood, and the crazy thing about this model, and I'm sure you see this in the role play is when you do, when you really practice it, you don't even have to do a ton of it. Like if it's there mm. at all, um, it, it's something that your kids just feel. So when you do lose it, you have a whole bunch of like money in the bank. It's like, eh, what's yes. with mom, whatever. Like you've been so understanding and so good. And there's such a solid bond that when you do lose it, your kid is so much more understanding. Yes, I can, I can totally, I'm sure you, obviously you attest to this as well, but even sure. personally and, uh, and clearly with my clients as well, it's so, uh, it becomes easier as you go Yeah. Um, because you're practicing it, but you do have to practice it. That's the thing. Um, and there's quite a, you know, it's, and we say this all the time, connected parenting methodology is it's like a course for, for parents to really kind of learn the parenting skills because it is a skill set you learn. And yep. so funny how parents just, we think that we just, we, we do what we've known, which again, which, why we even started this conversation, often yep. parenting from fear, because that's what many people have grown up with. But if you are willing to be open to see what else is possible and how you can parent with more ease. It and with change, more it'll change everything. It yeah. changes everything. Well, and, and it's interesting, Natalie, to your point, like we either parent how we were parented or we parent the exact opposite of how we were parented, right? So if you had a parent that was very harsh and, and you know, suck it up and you're fine and don't worry about it. And what are you complaining about now? And, oh, you hurt yourself, get up. Then you will, you will either be a parent like that or 
you will be the exact opposite of that, which is super permissive and super protective and over no boundaries. Oh yeah. And that's the polarizing thing. Sometimes you can swing, right? So, and then we have temperament and we have personality and we have culture and we have religion and we have all kinds of other things that go into that mixing bowl of who we are with our parent, with our children. Um, but tuning into your body as an instrument to, to feelings as something that we need to turn towards instead of away from is a personal gift, but it's also the greatest gift that you can give your child because that helps you with emotional regulation and your children watch all the time. Children are always watching us. So they're watching us either regulate or not regulate. And then they're looking at us and going, well, she's 40 and she can't figure it out. I'm four. What chance do I have of being able to, to, to do this? Right. And what I love about the role play playground is that you get, you switch roles, right? So sometimes you're the parent and sometimes you're the kid. So you get to feel what it feels like to be on the opposite side of you, right? Mm -hmm. And it can be very fun and it's very funny. And sometimes it's very emotional. It's very loving and safe, but you get to try on, oh, that's how it feels like when somebody parents from fear, or that's how it feels when somebody's parenting from a place of anger and it's this awakening sometimes of like, Oh my God, that is me. Right. That is, that's how it feels being on the other end of me. Right. Yeah. Um, and it takes some bravery. It takes some courage to go there, but it is so freeing. And as I said before, these are, these are skills that are applicable everywhere. Yes. All relationships, not just your children. Yeah. And I love one of, one of the things that you always encourage is the incidental marrying. Yes. Because it's, it's so, it is more difficult in the heat of the moment, obviously. And that's why we're there, the role playing. And that's why we have uh, team members who can support and, and coach you through that. But during the every days where it's easier to do it, that is where you fill up that bank you were talking about, the piggy bank of oxytocin. That is where you fill it up. And then when these little blurps happen, because they will, because we're human and we have emotions too as parents. And sometimes we don't have it all together. I don't have it all together all the time. Nobody has it all together all the time. No, Impossible. but it's not even the, normal. It's not, you're right. And, the, and again, this is back to resilience and being able to show our kids how to manage the ups and downs, right? And I always say this, it's always up and down, but as long as you're kind of going in a general upward direction, you're evolving because that's the- yeah. Um, then you're really helping your kid learn how to deal with those things. And it does work. Like if, if my eldest and I, she's a gladiator to a team, <laughs> when we get into it, we bounce back so much more easier yeah. and faster. Yeah. And there's a sense of responsibility on both of our ends that becomes acknowledged. Yeah. Just and naturally. That's connection. And that's the power of this technique, right? It, you really become more invested in each other and caring about each other. And it comes from such a place of safety. And what I say to parents all the time is when you first start using this, first of all, you'll see results really quickly because it's kind of a superpower. But what you start to see is in the beginning, um, the kind of meltdowns and the, the freakouts and the escalations start to um, be farther apart, which is kind of nice. They're still there, but, but they're farther apart. But what's really interesting, and that's what you're describing is recovery time. So mm -hmm. you might have these things, but you recover, you recuperate, your child recuperates and you recuperate so much faster, right? And then, and that's great. And then the final thing, the last thing, especially if you have a gladiator is the intensity. 
That's the last thing. Like the, the, the meltdowns won't happen that often, but wow, when they do, they'll, they'll blow the roof off the house, right? I'm wondering if, how do you feel? Because this is what we do in the role play. Let's do a role play. Sure. Okay. And I'm an apparent from fear. And we'll see yeah. if we can all recognize ourselves in this moment. A really typical thing that's happened in, in, you know, over the last little while, especially with old, slightly older kids, is you know, assignments are piling up or homework's not done or there's some... Mm -hmm task that you've been, you know, nagging them to do, and they really haven't done it And homework is a big trigger because we, you know, our child's life flashes right before our eyes. Oh my God, they can't do their homework. They're never going to do anything. How are they going to get into college? How are they going to have a job? Like, no one's ever going to want to marry them. Like we go there. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, and it triggers, it, it's a deep trigger. Mm -hmm. Um, but so our response is usually fear-based and, and anger is fear too. Right. So it's going to, it's going to be one or the other or both sometimes in the yes. same conversation. Yes. So let's say you're a, I don't know, 12 or 13 year old. And I've just gotten an email that three or four assignments are due and you've told me they were done and they're not done. And I mm. thought you were working on them yesterday and you, I found out that you didn't. Okay. And I'm going to be a typical parent first mm -hmm. doing what most of us do. And then you and I are going to analyze that and you're going to tell me what that felt like. And what's so interesting, and you explain this to people in the role play, but what's interesting about this is your mirror neuron cells in your brain are not going to be able to tell the difference. Okay. There's no difference to the, to the midbrain, whether you're in a role play or not, it's going to start to feel a lot of the feelings that you would feel in real life. Okay. Yes. So let's go ahead. Okay. I will say, uh, so I'm just going to start Natalie. I just got an email from two of your teachers. Okay. You have four assignments, four assignments, not done. What are you doing? You told me you did those. I was working on them. You're not working on them, Natalie. I just got an email from your teacher. What are hey. you talking about? Don't lie to me. If I hate, there's one thing that I hate is when you lie to me. I'm you, not lying, mom. You I'm are lying. lying. Then why are I they done? I was All working day on yesterday them. You played your video games All day. But I did, I did some of them and then it got hard. So I did whatever I could. It got hard. You know, life is hard. Life is hard. You know, what's hard playing a video game all day and getting in trouble from me or getting in trouble from your teacher. This is ridiculous. I don't care. I like, I rather, I, I like playing my video games. So well, I how about if I take them away. How about that? How about you won't have any video games? That's a, no that a privilege having video games. I'm going to take them away. I'm going to take them away until assignments. Done. You're so mean. I am so mean. mean. I am helping you in life. Do you understand? Okay. So what's happening in this conference? And you're not even like seriously escalating. No. Like, <laughs> so ugly, right? It As can, but I was going internal, which can also happen, right? Kids can yeah. really just internalize that and just like their inner. Oh, and, and they can act like, I don't care. So yes. Yeah. Whatever. Then, which is yeah. actually in many ways more infuriating. Like I was finding myself getting like really irritated that you were so blase about Contra. this. Like, yeah. And when someone's blase, you want to, you literally, um, and, and physically and, and emotionally want to shake them. Like what's yes. wrong with you? Like, why aren't you seeing this the way that I'm seeing it? Right. right. So that's very interesting. Cause you'll yes. get one or the other with kids. So what was happening for you? Um, I was on the defense because I was on the, I was on first, I was on the defense. Um, and I was trying to explain why, uh, and I obviously legitimately had, had a problem. The, the problem was I couldn't understand some of it and we didn't even, and I gave up. And then instead of like being there for me, you just ring me out for that. So yeah. like, we're, we're just growing. Uh, yeah. Why didn't you tell me? And you have a tutor and right. 
So now, so then for me as the role play person there, A, I was getting irritated because you didn't seem to care that much. You did care, but I was shutting you down. But it, to yes. me, it looked like I just want to play my video games and here you are bugging me again and what now and that kind of thing. And that dynamic really does happen. Sometimes kids, as soon as you start with, I got an email from your teacher, mm. they shut off. Mm-hmm. You're not listening to anything <laughs> after that, right? They're, they're already like either rolling their eyes or getting defensive enough. And, and kids either do what you just did. They either go like, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. right. Or, or, or they get really mad, leave me alone. And you're always bugging me. And I got this, I got this. This isn't about you. It's about me. And, and you end up kind of going off the rails. So for yep. me, I felt like this person is not getting it. She's not understanding how big a deal this is. I have to escalate my affect in order to get my child to understand how big of a deal this is which then gets experienced on your end as? Oh, like it was way too much. I didn't even want to be in the conversation anymore. I just wanted to curl up and like not go play video games. That's what I wanted to do. And we can apply that to rooms and, you know, um, being out late and bedtimes and turning computers off and all and, you know, gaming too much. Like just any situation will apply. So let's try this again now. Now, before I do the role play with you, so in real life, I know that I have to come and talk to you about this email that I got. I'm going to have my reaction to the email first. I'm not going to read and go, what? And go storming into your room. Okay. Because I'm in fight or flight. You're going to have your tantrum before you come see me. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to have my freak out alone by myself. And this is, this is a, um, this is a lot of us do this. We get a piece of news and we go storming in, in a fight or flight state where we are not going to be heard because we're scary or, yeah. or overwhelming in that moment. So I'm first going to have my own reaction to this. Okay. And that means, oh my, what the teacher, I can't believe this kid. And I'm going to wander around kind of letting myself feel what I feel. Then I'm literally going to put my hand on my heart and go, okay, this is how it feels to be a mother and care so much about your child and be so worried about their future and be so concerned that they're not, they have no work ethic. And it's such a big responsibility. And it just allow myself, self-parent, use the calm t- technique on myself. Of course, I'm going to feel this way. This is a huge responsibility. Parenting is terrifying. And I just saw my child's life flash before my eyes, right? That I'm literally using the calm technique on myself. Okay. Love it. Then I get myself calmed down enough. Now I can start to be out of fight or flight. Mm-hmm. I can now put the fear aside and start parenting from a place of love. Okay. Now I'm going to relax my tongue in the bottom of my mouth. I'm going to let my shoulders drop. I'm going to let my jaw drop. I'm going to do a little bit of breathing and not the deep breathing. <laughs> that signals to the brain that there's something's happening. It's actually a light breath in and then a right? Like you just discovered, phew, right? This isn't such a problem. So you're going to center yourself first. And this might take a little bit of extra time. And your brain is going to tell you, get in there, get in there, get in there and do some parenting. Time's a wasting, but no, no, no. You're going to do better this way. Yeah. yeah, and I have to say, like, this is where parents get stuck, right? They're like, but I have to make my point to my kid. And, and I always say that, like, you will, in a more calm, 
and round, like not so direct, but in a calm, soft, loving way, you will, but in not a like powerful way. You're right. That's very, very true. And we think by getting louder and more intense and repeating ourselves a zillion times that the message is going in, but all they're feeling is fear and intensity, which the midbrain goes, uh oh, I'm under attack. And the frontal lobe shuts off. So the part of the brain that can actually analyze what you're saying and go, hmm, maybe she's right. This is the fourth time I've done this this week. That part of the brain, you, they have no access to. You are talking to a midbrain. You are talking to a primal, primitive part of the brain that can't even understand what you're saying, right? And the other thing too, is when we do this, our child does not walk away focusing on their behavior. No, they, they walk away focusing on our you, behavior. Yes. She's mean, she's crazy. I can't believe her, blah, blah, blah. That's what they're doing. So now- now I've done the calm technique on myself. I've honored my feelings. I've allowed myself to kind of let it out first. I'm going to drop my tongue. I'm going to breathe. And now I'm going to go and talk to you. So now we're going to do it using the calm technique. Let's see how different it feels. Okay. Yep. I would say, Hey babe, what are you doing? Uh, I'm just playing my, my game. Okay. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm going to come back in a couple of minutes when you can get to a place where we can talk. I just, I love you. And I just want to talk to you about a couple of things, unless you want to do it uh, now. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm in a break now. So it's fine. Oh, you're so cute. I love you for that. Okay. So I know in the past I have like freaked out about stuff like this, but I'm really trying to understand what's going on in your world. What's happening for you that, so, so basically I got an email from your teacher saying the assignments that we talked about yesterday haven't been done yet. So I tried. You did try. Okay. So tell me about that. Help me understand that. I was doing some of it and then it got confusing and I, she said it didn't have to be handed in right away. And so I just did my oh. thing. Cause, Cause normally I feel like I just come in and go, why is this done? Blah, blah, blah. So, so you, so you were working on it yesterday and then you got to a point where you got stuck. Is that what happened? Yeah. And then, so when you got stuck, can you help me understand why, like, cause there's other, like, there might be other things you could do when you're stuck. So you, you could come and ask for help. You could come and talk to me or, or you could just play your video games. Which one did you pick? I wanted to play my video games. <laughs> of course, cause it's way more fun and you can actually control what's happening in a video game, right? Yeah, I do have more fun and I, and I'm successful at it. I, I win this, these levels all the time. And that does not happen when you're doing homework, does it? No way. Okay. So we're going to, and we can go on from here, but it would, now we'd start working together. You know, can I help you? Can you, where's your tutor? Like, can we look at some things online? Can we go back and talk to the teacher together? Um, so, and, and this is really about, this is why in the calm technique, the first part, the C is connect my agenda, which is what am I going to do with this email from the teacher? I think you're one, you know, pulling one over on me, all of that stuff you get to bring back because it is part of the conversation, right? And usually what ends up happening, if we were to keep going, you might even get to a place where you're like, well, yeah, I didn't really do that much work on it. And right. you could, and you feel safe enough to be honest with me that you didn't tell me the truth. But the first way I would never, somebody's shaking their finger is never, the person's going to, especially a gladiator. Oh, they're going to dig deep into they're their... They're going to dig deeper. Yeah. They're going to double down, right? 
So before we wrap up, because I think the best way to show this is to demonstrate it the way that we did. So how did it feel the second time? What was happening for you the second time? Even though I started to like um, be a bit defensive, you were right. You were like, oh, you're just like, oh, honey, yeah. really? You're. It, it was just so sweet. sweet, right? Yeah. It was. It was so sweet. You were loving. Um, and I didn't feel, I felt safe. That's the thing, right? I felt safe enough to actually be open to a conversation with you. And that, yeah, and that's how you can get to solutions and that's how you can problem solve, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you can get to the behavior is never the problem. It's the symptom of the problem. So what's underneath that, right? Is the child, you know, there could be a million things going on. It, it, you know, there's, it, it's complicated schoolwork and homework and, you know, feeling like you're not good at things and you don't, you don't understand a concept, it really brings up a lot of vulnerability and fear and homework meltdowns are pretty common in houses. And, and I, I think it's a really, it's not a great thing to couple schoolwork and homework with fighting and anxiety and, and, and arguing. Like those two things coupling together are not great. So, and then the, the thing is, I don't want people to think this is the end. Oh, I'm just this soft parent and I just let you away with it. What would happen next is, okay, what's our plan? And yes. if homework doesn't get done the next time, what's going to be the consequence? You get to be your child's frontal lobe. That's your job, right? Yes, and I, yes, I love this. And you, we set parameters. I always tell parents this, you're setting the parameters. You're, to your point, you're not letting them. And, and that's why I said parents sometimes are, they want to just go nosedive into the situation. but for you to kind of just take a step back and approach it in a, a more loving way and conscious way and calm way, you can then start to set up and co-create the mm -hmm. parameters around that. Because yes, to your point, you still are their frontal lobe. So they may need some guidance, Yeah, but they're not going to even be open to that guidance if you're yeah. bulldozing down on them. And even if they are, it's because they're afraid. They're scared of you. Like they don't right. want to get in trouble. They don't want that thing to be taken away. And that's not intrinsic, right? right? That's, that's, that's extrinsic and that's not going to work the same way. Right. And that creates other issues around anxiety and perfectionism and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And we can have a different podcast about that, but um, so that's the, that's, that's, I think the best way to, to, to explain the difference of fear-based parenting versus love-based parenting. So the second model was love-based. Mm -hmm. I love you and I want to understand what's happening to you and I want to work together so we can get to you to a place so you don't freeze and you don't have to lie yeah right and we can get you moving in your education in a way that's working for you because it's not working this way yeah right and and that's really important so this is I think a really good example of what we started out talking about it's not easy but practice and even the simplest attempt at this mm -hmm. it's gold yeah. it is a super power it really is yeah agreed i love it okay so yeah so like we tune into yourself yep. you'll get there you'll get your point across you got to do it from love yeah you really do yep that's and you when you blow it because we all do you go back and you repair so let's say i blow it i could come back and go remember yesterday when i came barreling into the room about that email and I was so afraid that you were going to fail or never get to college or whatever it is, I didn't stop and think about what was going on for you that caused you to feel like that was your only option. So this is the beautiful part of the calm technique is you can go away and think about a great um, flow of how you would respond to your child all in advance and then come back and do the repair.
Yes. Right. So thank you so much. It's so it I think it's so helpful to to and we'll do this, you know, I think we should do this every once in a while where we role play like this, because I think it makes it so much more real for people. You can really kind of feel it while it's happening. Yes, absolutely. And come join us in the role play. Yeah, that's what, that's what, this is what, what happens in the role play. Yes. And it's real unique. real time. <laughs> yes. And parents all over the world too, which is kind of cool. All right. Thank you, Natalie. And we will see everybody the next time. Don't forget the, the role play is out there. The, the courses are out there. If you want to dive deeper, go back and listen to earlier episodes of the podcast. If you want a refresher on the comm technique, because we're kind of jumping in in the middle in this episode um, and the mental health comedy podcast, where I interview uh, celebrities and entertainers about their mental health and give you strategies. So we will see you next time on the Connected Parenting Podcast.